You're listening to The Blind, Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. Join Dell and BJ in conversations about poker theory and bridging the gap between theory and application. We're all in this together. This week's topic, a conversation on marriage and poker. Part two, the Marshalls. Normally at this point in the podcast, I would introduce Dell and say, hey Dell, how's it going? But he's taking the week off. So I'm joined this week by my wife, Amy, and we're going to do part two in our Marriage in Poker series. We did one a couple months ago with Dell and his wife, Terry, and now we're going to do one with me and my wife, Amy. She is a stay-at-home mom. We've been married for 22 years this May. We got married in 2000, makes the math easy. And I tell everyone at the casino to much laughs that the secret to my marriage is I found a smart, beautiful, funny woman with really low standards. <laughs> so let me go ahead and introduce Amy. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. So we wanted to ask a few questions about marriage and poker, and we came up with some questions and you had some time to review them. So let's go ahead and get started. I decided that I can leave work early Thursday and Friday and play poker, still get home for dinner, and then still play either Saturday morning or Sunday morning. What are your thoughts about me being out of the house for so long? Well, the Thursday and Friday is really not any different from a normal work week because you do get home for dinner and then we have our family time in the evening and it's really a normal day. So that's not an issue. The Saturday or Sunday is really what your poker schedule is. That's fine with me too because you always go in the morning and I'm very slow in the morning to wake up and our son is 13. So morning for him is a little bit more flexible than it is for an adult person. And you're usually home by 1230 or one o'clock, which is great for lunchtime. And we still have the whole afternoon together. Now, when golf season starts, that'll be Saturday and Sunday that you're out of the house. And I just am used to it by now. You have always played golf. For as long as I've known you. So you've always spent four hours away on the weekend for our entire relationship. And I know it, it's a finite season, even though we live in a fairly warm place, it's not warm enough to play golf around here all year round. So I get a golf break during the winter. Okay, great. When I do go to the casino, you never wish me luck. Instead, you say, stick to the plan. Can you explain in your own words why you say that? Well, it's because I know that poker isn't just a game of luck. There's a lot more to it. Over the years that I've watched you learn and study and attend classes, you've built your poker community to support you and keep you on track with your learning progress. I know that you really do have strategy. And the plan is that strategy. So I'm reminding you to stick to what you've practiced and what your classmates and poker buddies have talked about during your study sessions. Yeah, my coworkers pick on me because they'll say, oh, you're going to go gamble. And I say, no, I'm not gambling. And I have a stump speech. I make positive expected value decisions based on risk, behavior analysis, psychology, and math. And it sounds like you get that. Yes. Sometimes I come home and explain that I've won or lost literally thousands of dollars. For a lot of people, 
those kind of numbers can be daunting. What do you think about that? And has Colin ever said anything about that? I know that you play poker using your poker bankroll. You keep a separate fund of money that is just for your hobby, and it doesn't impact our household expenditures. So I know that it's a game, even though it's you know not all luck. It is a game. Sometimes you are on a hot streak and you're getting all the right cards. Sometimes you don't, and you have to fold a lot. And I know that the losing days aren't going to break our household bank. We're still going to pay the mortgage. We can still order takeout. So I know for me personally, I don't have a hobby that involves losing that much money. But I do keep aquariums. And those are little glass boxes that you throw money into. So I kind of relate to it that way. And I envy that you have winning days and I haven't really turned a profit from my aquarium hobby, but someday I might. There are ways. As far as Colin, he hasn't ever really mentioned variance in your winnings and losings, but I do remember a time early on when you came home with a bunch of hundreds after a big win and you made it rain in the living room. Colin just thought that was amazing. Yep. How old was he then? He was probably nine or 10. I had, I've only been playing in the casino for five years. So at minimum, he was eight. And I think it probably took me a good year before that kind of money came in. Now winning $1,000 is like more of a normal thing. But back then it was a novel concept. And I remember the first time I grossed $1,000, my nerves were so, it felt like I had drank five cups of coffee. And I yeah, remember you called me. Usually you just send me text messages, but you called me that time. Yeah, and I had to drive extra careful on the way home. And then we made it rain. And the funny part was after we made it rain, months later, we rearranged the furniture and we found that a Benjamin had slipped between a table and a chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oops. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that anymore. Nope. Uh, but how do you think playing poker has influenced Colin? As a whole, I mean, he's 13. He's got a pretty good grasp of money since he's my de facto property manager for my real estate properties. He knows how to spend money. He knows how to earn it and save it. He's seen me put stacks of chips away for my bankroll. I don't think that's what a typical father does. So, I mean, I don't know any other fathers that do that. I'm wondering if he said he ever said anything to you about, hey, dad does this thing. No, he and you are both seem to think in numbers. And you were an economics major in college. So you've been raising a little economist ever since we brought him home from the hospital. And that kind of thinking has always clicked with him, budgeting and scheduling. So knowing that you have money set aside for your hobby, that seems to make perfect sense for him. And he has never said anything about the money side of poker, but he has mentioned the hobby aspect. He says, well, mom has a hobby and dad has a hobby, so grown-ups have hobbies. What will my hobby be? And so that right now is what he's thinking about, is the time that you spend and not the money that you spend playing poker. A couple years ago, I taught Colin how to play Texas Hold'em, and he really liked it. This was during COVID, and he wasn't spending time with his friends, so we had a lot of family time. He loved it. 
I taught him pre-flop ranges. I taught him how to analyze the texture of a flop and the turn in the river. So he knew what range advantage was. He knew how to take various lines. And I was convinced that he was better than half the people I play at my local casino. I would love it if when he gets old enough, he and I could crush the tables together. But I understand he might not want to do that. He's his own person. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure on the kid. But I can see it happening. It probably will happen. I've told him he'd be better than I am at it because he has my ability to synthesize information into useful knowledge. And he's very critical and critical in terms of the math. Mm -hmm. But he has your empathetic flavor. So he can pay more attention to what's going around at the table. He can pick up behavioral clues and tendency tells, incentives, things like that. Yeah, he's good at seeing behavior, noticing behaviors. Yeah. So maybe my audience should watch out in 10 years, not even 10 years. No, no, he's he's 13. In fewer than 10 years, you're going to watch the next crusher come to life. (laughs) Anyway, is there anything you'd like to ask me about poker that you've never thought to ask before? I wanted to find out what your favorite part of the game is. What most intrigues you or makes you happiest about poker? The thing I love most about poker is the puzzle that is the opponent. You have to figure out so much about what makes the other person tick, what their incentives are, and why they're taking different actions. If you can answer those questions and piece that puzzle together, you'll be so much more profitable. It's a lot, more, it's a lot of fun to win money. It really is. But it's also fun to figure out that puzzle. I remember coming home and wanting to share stories with you where I cracked the nut and I figured out I could take these lines against an opponent with absolute garbage because of what they did pre-flop, whatever. And it turned out perfect. It was just a masterful execution. I won a pot. They got super angry, which was even more fun because I'm an instigator as an only child. (laughs) But that's the thing, uh, figuring out the puzzle. And no two players are the same. No two game conditions are the same. And when people ask me why poker is so fun when you fold 80% of the time, it's like Dell and I always tell the audience, pay attention even when you're not in the hand, stay in the hand. Because there's so much information to glean about the other players that you can learn from. And if you're not learning from that, you're just wasting your time. And it's so much fun to learn those pieces. Yeah, I can see that side of your personality being attracted to that. You always like a challenge and learning new things. And this is a great outlet for, for those traits. And I'm a bit competitive. You are. You are competitive. Your dad made you that way, I think. He's super competitive. He's the kind of dad who would never even throw a game of shoots and ladders. So two funny stories about that. The first time I ever beat my dad in chess was September 19th, 1986. I wrote that date on the inside of the box because he never let me win. And that was the first time I legit won. And I was not even nine years old. I would have turned nine about two months after that. I actually cheated in shoots and ladders against our son, which is kind of an interesting experiment to see how different we are. I stacked the deck so that I would win in three moves. How old was he at this time? He was four. And he legit congratulated me. He was so happy. He was like, Dad, you won. That's the fastest I've ever seen anyone win. That's amazing. And I was, I was floored. I would have picked up the game and thrown it across the room and maybe set it on fire. <laughs> yep, yep. You are your own separate people. For as much as you both love numbers, you have different personalities. You're an extrovert. He's an introvert. Yeah. 
I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I know I really appreciate the support you and Colin have given me in my poker journey. I went to Vegas right before COVID. I went to Vegas for a cash game immersion workshop that School of Cards held over Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah, it was Valentine's Day weekend. The ad came out the previous year, sometime around December, asking for participants. And I wanted to go, but I saw it was Valentine's Day weekend. Did you really want me out of the house for that weekend? And we talked about it. And you realize, well, I'm paying for it out of my poker bankroll. Yeah, there was that aspect. And the return on investment would be huge. And it did turn out, in fact, to be huge. But what were you thinking? Like, what thoughts crossed your mind? You're like, oh, yeah, it's a big holiday, kind of celebrating marriage. Get out of the house. Go travel three time zones away. I'll be fine. You know... Maybe it would have been different if it was my birthday, but it was just Valentine's Day. And that's not been a very big, important holiday between the two of us. At most, we exchange cards. Really, since Colin came along, Valentine's Day has been bigger because now we always have a special dinner with the three of us. And we knew that when you got back home, we could have our special dinner then. And we let you go. Okay, great. Well, I appreciate you letting me go because it actually did transform my game for the better. So that was amazing. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we close out here? No, I'm all set. Thanks for chatting with me. Thanks for coming all the way downstairs <laughs> and recording this. It was a long commute. I'm oh, glad you could make goodness. it. Oh my goodness, I had to walk down 12 steps. All right. And until next week, stick to the plan and may all your variants be positive. This has been The Blind Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. If you haven't already done so, consider subscribing. And when you're not counting your chips, take a moment to leave the guys a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get yours.